Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessler. And I'm KW Taylor. Today, we're talking about the sitcom Animal Control, the mystery vigil, and we're also going to talk about the comfort media that we consume when we are sick, because one of us was recently <laughs> sick. <laughs> yes, I was so sick this week, but I'm doing much better today. But yeah, it's been a it's been a long and <laughs> stupid week. So <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're doing better. Thank you. So maybe while you were sick, I'm not sure, you started watching a recent show on Fox yes. called Animal Control. Yes. Tell us about yes. that. Okay. So as of this recording, there's only been a couple of episodes out, so um you can still jump on this really early, be an early adopter. And I I turn this on on Hulu. It's it airs on Fox on. Oh, I don't know what day of the week it's on Fox. Check your local listings because I never watch anything live. But it is also streaming on Hulu. But I just like I chose it on Hulu on a random whim. I didn't even know much about it. But it is a sitcom. Uh, it only premiered February sixteenth, so it is pretty new, and it is set in a animal control office in Seattle. And it's a workplace comedy, but there are occasional cute animals, some of which are real and some of which are clearly very bad puppets. And I think they don't care if they look bad because it's funny. (laughs) So this stars a lot of people that are, hey, it's that person, people. It was created by Bob Fisher, Rob Greenberg, and Dan Sterling. And it stars Joel McHale as Frank Shaw. He used to be a police officer. And apparently some kind of disgrace issue, like something bad happened. He didn't do the right thing or whatever. So now he's working as an animal control officer and he's not too pleased about it. Vela Lovell, whom we most recently saw in Mr. Mayor, but she was on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She's been in a ton of stuff. Um, She is like the manager of the office, Emily Price. And she is like, she's a people pleaser and very shy and nervous. And she kind of just bends over backwards to make her employees happy. I think she cares more about the animal shelter side of the organization. So she's, you know, a little bit not as invested in the animal control parts, but she's a very sweet girl. And Michael Rowland plays Fred Shred Taylor, (laughs) who is a new animal control officer and Frank's partner. Uh, But Shred used to be a professional snowboarder but had to stop because he was injured. But he's a very positive guy. He's really young. And so Frank, who is like the bitter, I don't want to be here person, is like, I don't want this positive little idiot paired with me. So they, And Shred really likes Frank and is like, there's a moment when he's like, can I put you as my emergency contact? And Frank is like, I'm going to pull the plug. Like, I'm not, don't, <laughs> don't do that. So they have a very antagonistic relationship. Ravi Patel plays Amit Patel, who's another officer, and he's like the married, stable father and apparently has a lot of pets at home, so his whole life revolves around animals. Grace Palmer is Victoria Sands, and she is a New Zealander, and she's kind of like a wild party girl. But she and Amit are partners, and they have a really cute friendship. Like, she sometimes will babysit for his kids and stuff, but she's also like, I don't want your life. It seems boring and stupid. (laughs) And those are kind of the main people. And basically, it's like, 
Everything that you like about any workplace sitcom is here. It's already much better than it has any right to be. <laughs> and like I said, like there's animals and stuff, but sometimes if they have to show animals doing weird things, it's clearly not real. <laughs> the second episode is called Rabbits and Pythons, and it opens with a guy. They have, they have a call where they have to go deal with a guy who has a bunch of pet rabbits, but they accidentally got into his stash of illicit substances and so they have turned aggressive and so there's several scenes of people going into the rabbit pen and the rabbits like start getting closer and closer and at that point they're still real rabbits but then all of a sudden they'll like leap up on them and like attack them on the neck and it's so clearly either a puppet or a stuffed animal or an animatronic that isn't that high budget yeah. it's just really funny <laughs> so no real animals are being harmed here let me be clear okay great although there is something in that same episode where somebody gets a python wrapped around them and it that looks kind of real but it must not be real <laughs> but yeah it's like apparently on rotten tomatoes it's got a 67 percent, which isn't super high but like i am really digging it i think it's silly i don't know it's kind of like the good goofy thing you need at the you know end of winter you don't go in with any expectations but i am regularly laughing a lot it's there's not much to the premise that you need to understand you know it's just like very stock characters but these are all people that i've seen in other stuff and like they just do comedy really well and they just kind of work really well together one of the bob fisher one of the creators was a screenwriter for wedding crashers like Rob Greenberg has written for How I Met Your Mother and Scrubs and Happy Endings and stuff. Dan Sterling has written for King of the Hill and South Park and The Office. So like these are, you know, veteran TV writer people. And like Joel McHale really carries it and obviously was great on Community and, and his own stand-up comedy and stuff. So, you know, it's just, it's pleasant and it's silly. And also, even though Frank and Shred are kind of a little bit at odds. You don't get the feeling that anybody actually hates each other truly. Like they're generally getting along for the most part and mm -hmm. just kind of trying to get this job done, which is pretty silly. I will say that the first episode had a segment in it that I swear I heard a story identical to it on This American Life, but it's possible that they optioned that because it's such a good mm. story. So I don't want to spoil it. I'm curious now. <laughs> yeah, you should you should watch it. It's pretty funny. That was in episode one, which is called Weasels and Ostriches. Okay. Every episode is named after the animal <laughs> issue that happens <laughs> during the episode. So episode one is Weasels and Ostriches. Episode two is Rabbits and Pythons. The forthcoming episode three is called Cougars and Kangaroos. <laughs> So, yeah. So I think this is really for fans of not having to be too deep, <laughs> pleasant, but it's also not like stupid. The jokes are pretty clever. Okay. It's very, you know, wordplay and stuff. But because of the animal element, there's a lot of physical comedy and weird, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. There's also yeah. a lot of like, because everybody is such a different physical type, there's a lot of like, I don't know. I just, I always find it pretty funny if there's like a, an awkwardly tall guy falling all over himself. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So there's a lot of that stuff. But yeah, it's cute. 
the only thing that sort of was a stumbling block for me is that Vela Lovell is playing such a different character than I've ever seen her do. Mm-hmm. And it took me a minute to kind of get on board with it, especially because I loved her character in Mr. Mayor. She was relatable and really funny. And I could kind of get like, and she's the exact opposite here. Her character in Mr. Mayor was so type A, ambitious, stressed out all the time, which again, was too relatable for me. And uh, here she's just so meek. And I just didn't really, I had to take a minute, but she's fine. And it's good. And I think she'll find her footing with it more. But uh, I feel like everybody else is playing too type. And that works for me. So yeah, but I mean, it also shows her skills as an actor. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. And not that everyone has to always play two type. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's completely <laughs> fine. I just really, I miss Mr. Mayor so much. Yeah. That is still, yeah. But yeah, it's real cute. It's a weird premise and it's fun. It's working for me. I dig it. Awesome. Great. I'm really glad you like it. It sounds ridiculous <laughs> and I enjoy ridiculous <laughs> things. So I might yeah. check it out. Check it out cool yeah but you've been watching something totally different yes yes yeah this tell is me about not it. funny at all <laughs> okay the tone is remarkably different from animal control mm-hmm. this is called vigil it's a six episode murder mystery set on a submarine and it's on mm. peacock mm-hmm the episodes are an hour long, so it's a nice little mini series. I've been watching it on my dinner breaks at work. But this stars Saran Jones as Detective Chief Inspector Amy Silva. And she gets, I guess, called to <laughs> to investigate a death on a submarine in the Scottish mm-hmm. waters. And what happened was the submarine is called HMS Vigil, and it is one of four, I believe, nuclear-powered submarines, or nuclear submarines with nuclear missiles. And they're basically a nuclear deterrent, and there's always a couple in in the surrounding British waters. Mm-hmm. So they can't come home to like bring this dude's body off and like let them investigate. So she has to go to the to the submarine. Oh, gotcha. And what happened was this guy named Burke who coincidentally was in the rig that I talked about a couple I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want any more boat, other boat themes? Yeah, give me all <laughs> of the boat themed mis- murder mysteries, I guess. <laughs> okay, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, I recognize that dude. So he's he's one of like the guys who monitors things, and he hears this sound, and they realize that a submarine has caught this fishing trawler, and it's pulling the fishing trawler, and. Mm-hmm. It, the fishing trawler ends up sinking and all of, of the people on board die. Mm-hmm. But the issue is they weren't the submarine who accidentally caught it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, there's a, there's a submarine out there very close to us because we were able to hear this and pick it up on our radar. But they don't know 
what kind of submarine it is if it's like an enemy submarine which is why they can't really come home and they fly her out on a helicopter and then they have to surface for like 10 minutes while she gets inside (laughs) but she gets chosen because she's sort of the best you know the best detective in the bunch but you soon find out that she has a lot of trauma and some of that involves being in close quarters and some of it involves being submerged in water so why did they send her (laughs) why did she go that's like no yeah yeah you don't really get a sense of how much the boss knows oh so and she keeps a lot of stuff close to her chest Mm -hmm. and when she goes out Sorry, I'm, I skipped a little bit. What happens is the Burke, the guy who heard this stuff on the, the radio or whatever. I don't know how this submarine stuff works. <laughs> <laughs> he, he ends up dead later. And they don't mm-hmm. really know how it happens. He's got some trauma to his head. And he's got some heroin powder around his nose. So they assume it's an overdose. Oh. And she's like, uh-huh. well, we've still got to check it out. And they think it's only going to take a couple days. They're like, we'll, f- we'll fly you out. You'll investigate. And in three days, you'll be gone, basically. Yeah. So she's like, okay, this is a finite mission. Mm-hmm. And she keeps a lot of stuff close to her chest. So she goes. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And it gets a little bit uncomfortable. But she powers through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she also has a coworker on land, Detective Sergeant Kirsten Longacre, who's played by Rose Leslie. And there's a scene where Kirsten is driving Amy to to the base, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the drive is like super uncomfortable and you under you get the sense that there's like some sort of history there that you don't really know about yet. Mhm. But the reason Amy wanted Kirsten to sort of be her point on land is that Kirsten can send messages to the ship, but the ship can't send messages without giving away their location. Oh. And Kirsten and Amy have enough of a history that she's like, you can sort of code messages if you need to refer to stuff that we've done before. And like, I'll figure it out. So Kirsten's the one who's able to encode her messages enough that Amy can figure them out. So obviously, like there's some sort of history there, but you're not quite sure what it is. Mm -hmm. So Amy goes down on the ship. And basically, she just runs into a lot of issues. (laughs) Oh, some of the cast Patterson Joseph plays Commander Newsom. Mm-hmm. He's in charge of the submarine, and he seems like a decent dude, but he's also like, this is straightforward. We just want to get you in and get you out, and like, everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. Sean Evan plays Coxon Elliot Glover, who sort of is nice to Amy, and he shows her on the ship, and everyone else is sort of annoyed that she's there. But he's the one who, he's the only one who sort of tolerates her. Yeah. Adam James plays Lieutenant Commander Prentice, who's sort of second in command. And he is really brash and like, 
arrogant and he yells a lot and he's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Lewis plays Robertson, who is Amy's boss, and he's the one who sends her. And a lot of these faces, I think, would be familiar, even if you don't recognize their names. Mm hmm. Lolita Chakrabarty plays Lieutenant Commander Aaron Branning, and she is one of the Navy's point people on land. So she's interacting with Kirsten a lot, and she's also like the Navy is always is all just like, let's get this over with. It was just a, an accidental death, and that's the end of the story. And Amy and mm-hmm. Kirsten are like, well, let's follow the facts and see where they go. And where they go is not accidental. Mm-hmm. So Amy's like, this doesn't look like an overdose because, like, you guys just see the heroin powder around his nose, but, like, there's none inside his nostrils. And, like, who uses heroin in a powdered form anyway? <laughs> <laughs> which i don't know anything about that <laughs> yeah i was like okay i believe you and he's got some contusions and stuff and she enlists the ship medic tiffany Doherty, played by An- anjali mohindra and they do like a rudimentary autopsy it's not like a full autopsy they just check him out and mm-hmm. amy's theory is that he had a fight with someone and he got hit in the head and it led to like a delayed aneurysm. Mm. So she starts chasing down like who he would have fought with and all of this stuff. One thing that I, I do want to mention just because it's kind of sad and silly. They don't really have the capacity to like keep dead bodies on board, obviously. Yeah. But they also don't like she thinks they're gonna fly out the body when she comes in but they don't end up doing that and they keep him like in this missile tube because the seawater the surrounding seawater is like four degrees or something and it keeps him cool enough yeah and it's just kind of it's like a makeshift morgue and it's kind of sad yeah oh i forgot that Stephen delane who was in game of thrones plays like the main admiral on land Mm -hmm. so he's interacting a lot with robertson the boss and they're trying to get this stuff figured out Mm -hmm. yeah every episode kind of leads to new information about the death and Mm -hmm. there is stuff about like an environmental group who is protesting Scotland's relying reliance on nuclear deterrence. There's stuff about enemy spies. <laughs> There's like a lot <laughs> that ends up going into this. Mm-hmm. And you find out more and more as the case goes on. And mm-hmm. you find out more about Amy's past trauma and what has gone on there. You find out more about her relationship with Kirsten she ends up being on there as you can probably imagine longer than three days and she runs out of her anxiety and depression medication oh no and that leads to some bad things yeah but she's you know getting the job done and and doing her best with with what is on offer 
And she does make some mistakes. And sometimes you're like, Amy, you got to slow your roll a little bit. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, ultimately, she wants to just find out the truth. And she wants to do her job and get to the bottom of all of this craziness. And Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's not enjoyable in the way animal control is, but (laughs) 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 it's enjoyable in the sense that they're constantly new answers and new questions and and it's leading you down this rabbit hole and um eventually everything gets wrapped up so that's very nice and i don't know it's just a a quick as you could probably tell i'm enjoying these like six episode mysteries and if they're set on a boat even better (laughs) (laughs) and it has actually been renewed for a second season Mm mm-hmm but they've said that it will not the second season will not take place on a submarine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it will still they said it'll still deal with like claustrophobia, so I don't, I'm not sure where it will uh, take place. <laughs> okay. Interesting. <laughs> you don't sound too enamored. Well, no. I mean, I'm yeah, that <laughs> element of it sounds a little stressful for me, but mm-hmm. I do also like short six episode British mystery shows and I know several of those actors so yeah I'm kind of on the fence about it maybe I'll give it a shot if it starts to bother me too much I might not be able to finish it (laughs) yeah like give it an episode and and see what you think yeah Yeah. okay cool that sounds good (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't say I'm I wouldn't say I'm actually fully claustrophobic but I'm not not claustrophobic if that makes sense yeah no that totally makes sense and like Amy is fine when she's on well mostly fine when she's on the big submarine but Mm -hmm. they sleep in these tiny bunks Ooh, yeah so like she's in the women's quarters and there are like three other women on the ship and like she gets the top bunk and basically when you lie down it's like eight or ten inches above your head like you do not get a lot of space yeah so there are different challenges for her, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, don't don't love that. Oh, <laughs> poor thing. Stress. <laughs> yeah, that sounds a little stressful, but it also sounds really good. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so we've said that you were sick last week. Yeah. This is probably not something you would consume while you were sick. No. Oh, my gosh. But animal control might be. Yes. Yes. Animal control. Yeah. Animal control is good. I think comfort viewing. But yeah, the idea for this segment was just like, you know, I didn't I didn't consume a lot of new notable stuff this week because of being so sick. But that led me to thinking about what are people drawn to when they just need to kind of ride something out (laughs) better. (laughs) Yeah. And being such pop culture fans that we're always watching, reading, listening to things that we like. But does that change when you're sick? Like, are your needs different? And one thing that I really couldn't, I couldn't really watch TV and I couldn't really read because I just, my eyes hurt. I was just like needing to get like darkness style rest a lot. So I was listening to a lot of podcasts. Okay. And would listen to stuff that if I fell asleep during it, it wouldn't be a big deal. Okay. Or I could know kind of where I left off. So things that I like that help facilitate that include the 
if you if you use Apple Podcasts, which is the podcast app I use, there is an uh, there is a sleep timer function mm-hmm. so that if you're afraid you're going to fall asleep, you can have it turn off in 15 minutes or when the episode ends or in a half an hour or whatever so that you yeah. are not missing too too much. And that way also if you just if you've been listening and you wake up, then you kind of, you know, can rewind if you need to. And I appreciate that. That is so handy. Yeah. And so I would choose stuff that I knew if I did kind of zone out, it wasn't a big deal. I listened to a lot of episodes of the Office Ladies podcast, which is two actresses from The Office recapping the series, (laughs) which I've been rewatching. So even though I couldn't really watch TV, I could just listen to them talk about it. And I was like, I was watching it along with them. Nice. And I also listened to some true crime stuff. I'm currently listening to one called Unwrapped, the Tylenol murder case, and Monster, the DC sniper case. Those are uplifting. No, but like, (laughs) I already kind of know a lot about both of those cases. So I would just sort of, if I fell asleep, it didn't really matter. I could kind of figure out in the recap in the next episode. But another one that's good comfort listening for me is the show Stuff You Should Know from How Stuff Works. And that is nice because I could choose an episode where I already know the thing they're talking about. They just sort of talk about something interesting in either history or science or technology or just pop culture, like just some random topic. And I listened to episodes this week on this weird this weird media hacker thing that happened in the 80s called the Max Headroom Incident. And I already knew everything about that. So yeah. I just listened to that. I listened to one about the concept of why stores have signs that say, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Like that's really silly. And you don't, there's not a lot there. So I could just listen to that. And it was like, whatever. Yeah. I fell asleep. It was fine. <laughs> and it's a very upbeat, cute show. So like, if you can't do true crime, it's a really good one for just kind of feeling comforted. So that's kind of, usually if I'm sick and can still read, I'll just read a lot Mm -hmm. and uh, get some novels knocked out. But sometimes, you know, it goes to where you just really need rest, but you may be fitful. And so having a podcast to focus on can be really helpful in getting you out of whatever way your body doesn't feel right. You know, it's enough of a distraction, but you can zone out and drift off and on and stuff. So I found that very helpful. But if you're well enough to watch movies or binge something, you know, that's always something good. It's a good like, let's let's watch the entire fourth season of the original (laughs) Law and Order kind kind of a thing and just bundle up on your couch and just go to town. Yeah. So yeah, those are the kinds of things I like to do. But I do find it, if you just try to lie there and not do anything, it's worse because you're just going to focus on how bad you feel. Right. So you do need distraction. So what about you? What do you tend to be drawn to when you're not feeling well? And you haven't been sick for a long time, but, you know, yeah. what, what about the last time you were sick? What did you consume? Yeah. The last time I was really sick for multiple days was when I had COVID, mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> and I think... I mean, thankfully, I'm, I haven't been sick that much in the past couple years. Yeah. But thinking back to beyond that, I do tend to watch a couple things. One is period pieces. Mm-hmm. Because those always are, like, comforting. <laughs> yeah. And period pieces like Jane Austen and Charles Dickens and, like, 
things that I know turn out well, not depressing period pieces. <laughs> yes, yes. And then another thing is just is miniseries or just they're less miniseries nowadays, but just shows with shorter seasons. So like mm-hmm. I watched all of Paper Girls. Mm-hmm when I was sick with COVID and it was eight episodes and I was like, this is great. I love this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's things that are short enough. I could finish them in a day if I really wanted to, mm-hmm. if I'm feeling like that badly. Yeah. Or just, or a couple of days, you know, if I want to give a break to watching stuff, mm-hmm. I don't listen to podcasts that much actually, although that's a really good idea. The podcast I listen to most is Critical Role, which are like four hours long. <laughs> and I do do the sleep timer stuff. Mm-hmm. When I have migraines and I can't really, yeah, like I can't have the lights on, I can't use my eyes mm-hmm. really at all, mm-hmm. I'll usually do an audiobook or a podcast. Mm-hmm. It'll be a good idea for me to like cultivate some podcasts that I can listen to that are like short that I don't mind if I do fall asleep halfway through and things like that. Mm-hmm. Things that I'm interested in, but not, I don't have to listen to every single word like you do an audiobook. Because mm-hmm. sometimes audiobooks, I'll be listening and I'll just be like, I feel too crappy to like pay attention to this. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so podcasts would be a very good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I do because I get a little stir crazy when I get sick. Oh, same. Yeah. yeah so it's awful. <laughs> it's it's really bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like I the the lead up to my getting sick, I got a migraine one day oh. and thought that was all it was. And so I was doing some of the same things that I ended up doing later in the week. Like I was already mentally prepared for <laughs> Yeah, but it's funny you mentioned audiobooks because I have this one audiobook that I actually Bought. I didn't just get it from the library mm-hmm. that I've never been able to get through because I will fall asleep <laughs> during it. And I stupidly forgot all about it. I should have been listening. Like I one day I was like, I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to like just stretch out. I'm kind of tired, but I don't want to sleep. And this was like months ago. And I fired that up and was I was out like a light <laughs> in like 10 minutes. And nice. I'm never going to, I can never listen to that while driving. And I don't oh, think yeah. I'm ever going to get through this book, but I should have just listened to that. Um, it's like a nonfiction book on like <laughs> politics and theory oh. and like, it's just like not interesting. <laughs> yeah, that so. sounds boring. It is pretty boring. But yeah, so I should, but maybe everybody <laughs> should own one boring audiobook that they can just, that's not unpleasant sounding. You know, the narrator of this is a little too soothing, I think is the problem. Okay. So something that just kind of, or I've got the Calm app and they do have sleep stories on there. Okay. And there's a version of The Time Machine by H.G. Wells that Freema Ajeeman reads. And she reads it very slowly and she's got that (laughs) British accent and it's, you know, deliberately designed to be like... The, all the boring parts are emphasized. <laughs> so I'll sometimes fire that up. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I've also heard of other podcasts that are just people reading in a slow, low, calm voice. They're reading yes. stuff in the public domain to help you fall asleep. Yes. There's a lot of those. There was one I used to listen to that had 
it would do it was basically walking dead fan fiction but it was like i don't remember what it's called but it was like where they would do what would happen in between episodes when they were working on logistics so they would describe the characters (laughs) like looking at a map and stuff and it'd be like Carol is trying to decide where they should go next. So they're looking. It was stuff. It was like the stuff you would never film or have in the real show. That right. was just like boring. It was like really soothing. I don't know. There's a whole genre of like I think it's Japanese light novels or something. That okay. it's stuff that's written like that on purpose, just to be like cozy. Um, Not necessarily to make you sleep, but just to be things you could read where there's no plot and it's just like describing food or people walking around a garden or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think find the audio version of that or read that if you're not, if you can manage to read while you're sick. But yeah, it's like you just need to be babied and somebody just sort of like, what is the cultural text version of like a bowl of chicken noodle soup. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I think it's also helpful to have a little bit of something that stimulates your brain. Yes. Like, I like to have some sort of puzzle mm-hmm. or, like, a crossword if I can use my eyes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I like little things like that to sort of take up the time, mm-hmm. but not make me feel like I'm doing nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I was still, I maintained my Duolingo streak despite being pretty ill. Good job. Not, I wasn't like going hard at it for like hours a day or anything. I would Mm -hmm. do like one or two lessons and stop. (laughs) But I made sure to do a little bit of something like that as I could tolerate it. Good. So yeah, you're right. Especially as as you're getting better, but you know, you might still be contagious. So you're just sort of like, all right, now I'm better, but I'm just sort of stuck here. So I gotta, you know find ways to make this less boring so <laughs> yeah a lot of being sick is just being bored sadly yeah for real yeah something else that i thought of that i don't think i've really done but i think it would work mm-hmm. is graphic novels oh yeah because they're quick they're very visual obviously so they don't mm-hmm. take much time but you can kind of get through one in an hour or two yeah. And there's not a ton of actual reading. It's more visually ingesting what's going on mm-hmm. on the page. So yeah. those would be useful. Yeah. Yeah. I also would recommend, like, depending on what genres of things you like, to, you know, obviously I was still consuming true crime, but also I think comedy is very healing. And so. Mm-hmm. If you rewatch your favorite sitcoms, that can just be very soothing and funny and keep you in a good, positive mood. So um, I think that's always helpful. Yeah. 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 Stuff that makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps you remember that you will usually feel better eventually. (laughs) Yeah. Eventually. (laughs) Eventually. Ah. So the stuff that we talked about today, Animal Control, as I mentioned, is on Fox, but you can also catch it next day streaming on Hulu. Um, And where, again, can we find Vigil? You can find Vigil on Peacock. Great. And then all the various podcasts we mentioned are available (laughs) wherever you get your podcasts. I think that our podcast actually would be a nice soothing (laughs) one when people aren't feeling well. I hope that we are soothing. 
I hope so. I get a little bit excited sometimes. (laughs) I do too. That's okay. (laughs) Well, next time we will be talking about some more great pop culture stuff. So be sure to join us in two weeks. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find our website at positivelypopculture.com. And from there, you can find the link to the merch store, as well as our email, positivelypopculture at gmail.com. And please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Stay healthy and safe. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.